you exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Skin care and plastic surgery are hot topics these days. Let Dr. Rubenstein answer your questions and explain what you'll want to look for in aesthetic products and cosmetic procedures. Get ready for a discussion about all things aesthetic. Now, live from Miami, Florida, American Board Certified Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Welcome to the show. Welcome to New Reflections. If you were here with us last week, then you heard all about mommy makeovers. And part of a mommy makeover is a tummy tuck. We spoke about tummy tucks and breast surgery last week. This week, we're going to continue that discussion and focus in on the tummy tucks. This week's show is Tips About Tummy Tucks, Battle of the Bulge. I'm also joined this week by my guest host, Cherie Wagner. Good morning. Good or good morning. afternoon. <laughs> well, it depends on where you are. It's afternoon for you. Cherie is uh, actually away right now, but coming to us through Skype, and uh, we're happy to have her on the show. Thank you. We talked about tummy tucks last week as it relates to the mommy makeover, but tummy tucks aren't only for moms. We're going to talk all about tummy tucks, the different types of tummy tucks, and different techniques that we can use, what the recovery is like, and we're even going to hear about a new and exciting technique from the guy that invented it. First guest on the show today is going to be Dr. Chad Tatini, who's going to give us an overview of tummy tucks, particularly with mommy makeovers and uh, anyone else that might come in for a tummy tuck, and we'll go through some of the options that we've got. Then we're going to have Dr. Joel Beck. Now, Dr. Beck did invent a reasonably new technique for tummy tucks, and we'll talk about what's new about his ideas and, and how it works and how you might take advantage of it. Let's start talking about tummy tucks. The statistics on tummy tucks vary to where there's about 112 to 185,000 tummy tucks performed in the United States by board-certified plastic surgeons, and that was from the year uh, 2010. Now, that's a lot of tummy tucks, and that, that probably encompasses all the different techniques. When we were looking at moms, and the mommy makeover, we were we found that 62% of women, of moms, would have some of these procedures if the cost was not a factor. So this is a, a really popular and obviously very desired change that people are looking for. Now, speaking of changes, there are some typical changes that will happen to people's bodies, both men and women, but particularly women, that might lead to them wanting a tummy tuck. The typical things are, of course, if you gained a lot of weight and you stretched your skin out, or if you've been pregnant. And we're going to talk about uh, what some of those similarities are. Now, when you gain some weight, obviously you're stretching your skin, but you're doing it over a, usually a pretty long period of time where it's slow, and as you gain the weight and your, the girth of your body gets bigger, you're stretching your skin slowly. But over time, if you maintain that heavy weight and then lose lots of weight, well, that can leave some sagging skin. And depending upon how quickly you gain the weight and how much stretch you put on your skin, you might also get some stretch marks. And stretch marks are another reason that a lot of folks come to our offices and look for these kind of procedures. Now, 
if you've been pregnant, and we talked about this last week a little bit, if you've been pregnant, there are some typical changes. And some of those changes are the same that we see with weight gain and loss. When you're pregnant, it's happening over a pretty quick period of time. You know, nine months is not a lot of time to put on a considerable amount of weight. And at times, it could be as little as 25 or 30 pounds. And there are women that can gain as much as 100 or more pounds with a pregnancy. So depending upon the amount of weight you gain with a pregnancy, you're going to see some changes. First, of course, your skin is going to stretch out, and it stretches out quickly, so you're more likely to have stretch marks. And the speed that it stretches out, if you get stretch marks, will lead to the skin changing to where it won't contract back down. So after you have the baby, you're probably going to have a little bit of loose or hanging skin. Now, besides that, the muscles on the inside will stretch. And they will stretch forward, and they will stretch to the side. Now, stretching forward is something that you can strengthen up after you lose the weight or you have the baby. But stretching out to the side is called diastasis. It's a separation of the two rectus abdominis muscles that you have in your abdomen. And with that splitting of the muscles, there's no natural force that will draw them back to the middle. So no matter how many crunches you do, it's not going to get better. And that's why we see a lot of women after having a baby, they may look great, but they have this little poochiness to the lower tummy, and that's because of that spread of the muscle. And they can't do anything with exercise to really pull it in and make it better. And we'll, we'll talk about how tummy tucks can make that better. And finally, hernias whether it's with weight gain or with pregnancy, we'll frequently see uh, umbilical hernias, hernias in the belly button. That's the little belly button looks like it's got a button sticking out of it, and you, you can push it in and it pops back out. Those are little hernias. That's some of the stuff from the inside, usually fat, coming through a weakness in the wall of the belly and pooching out so you can see it poking out into the skin. And sometimes if they're larger, you can have more things than just a little bit of fat coming through that hole, and, and that can potentially be a real health problem. Hernias are frequently fixed at the same time as tummy tucks. And in fact, if you have a hernia and you're thinking about having a tummy tuck, you may want to think about combining those procedures together. And we're going to talk about the different procedures. Of course, there's mini tummy tucks, full tummy tucks. There's something called an extended mini or an extended full tummy tuck. And then, of course, we get to the, the big daddy, which is lower body lifts. We're going to discuss all those different things, and I want to get into it with our first guest. I want to introduce Dr. Chad Tatini. He's a board-certified plastic surgeon, and he's joining us this morning to talk about tummy tucks. Dr. Tatini, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Adam. It's great to have you on. Well, you know, you heard a little bit, I guess, of the introduction, and last week we were talking about mommy makeovers. Now, tell me, when you see someone in your office, what is your thought process? If someone sits down in front of you and they say, Doc, you know, I just had a couple kids. I'm done having kids. I really want to firm up my body. I think I need a tummy tuck. How do you run down that with a patient, and what are you looking at in deciding your recommendations for each patient? Well, basically, when they say something general like that, that gets me into the proper direction. But then I ask them to be just slightly more specific and actually um, proceed with the examination and actually stand them in front of a mirror and ask them, if they had one area that they could correct on their abdomen, what would that be? And I ask, actually have them point with one finger the area that t tends to bother them the most. That tends to direct me into exactly what we're going to talk about in terms of surgical options. In other words, if they're poking, if they're poking at skin in the lower abdomen, that could be a different type of procedure as opposed to skin above their belly button. So I, I ask them more specifically what area on their abdomen bothers them the most. Now, that's a great question, and, and 
the technique you're using I also use for other things, but that one finger really makes someone focus on what's important to them. And you have to cater the operation, obviously, to what the patient's looking for. Now, in, in your consideration, let's talk a little bit about the options available. Sure. Talk, sure. To us, talk to us about mini tummy tucks versus a full tummy tuck. Sure. Uh, mini tummy tucks are very common in my practice, and those uh, are common because there are some ladies, um, and these tend to be ladies, uh, this is a strong generalization, but tend to be ladies that are maybe smaller framed and in uh, just tremendous uh, amount of great shape that basically just have a little bit of extra skin and perhaps even loose muscles like you were talking about earlier just in the lower abdomen down near the pubic area and maybe going upwards, maybe halfway or closer to the belly button. They really don't have any more significant issues other than that. In other words, they don't have the excess skin around the belly button. They don't have the excess skin or stretch marks above the belly button. They don't have a lot of the fullness or love handles, if you will, out on the sides of the trunk. It's a very focal issue with the excess skin and the very low abdomen and, uh, and also loose muscles in combination. So does that mean that you're going to have a smaller scar if you're having a mini tummy tuck versus the other one? Traditionally, I find that usually my scars are slightly smaller, but that's not the thing I tend to focus on, to be quite honest, with the patients. I tell them that this is mini because it's, uh, we don't do as many steps as a traditional tummy tuck. It's not really mini because the scar is much, much smaller. Again, I do find that it's slightly smaller, but when you resect a certain amount of skin, you've got excess skin that tends to pooch out on the sides of the incisions that will make you actually extend that incision. And I find that the incisions still end up being slightly, slightly smaller than the, than the traditional tummy tuck. However, again, it's, there's less steps, and so that's why I say it's mini. Okay, so you're saying that also, or my, I wanted to know if you're... Um, if the surgery, the actual hours in surgery, since the substance is so much less, if you know you're going to be in surgery less amount of time, yeah, it, it does tend to be a shorter operation. And Dr. Tatini is making a very good point. There's a misconception about a mini tummy tuck having this tiny little uh, scar, and a lot of women will come to my office after having a C-section and ask, well, and I think all I need is a mini tummy tuck. And that may be true, but they have this idea that you can do a mini tummy tuck through a, a scar that's about the same size as a C-section, which really isn't true. And what Dr. Tatini is explaining is exactly right. This is an operation, and I frequently tell my patients this. Tummy tucks are operations, whether a mini or a full, that the bigger the incision, the better the result, because it all relates to getting skin out. So anyone listening, if you do any kind of sewing, Think about taking in a seam. If you're going to tighten up a seam, you can't just take a little pinch and tighten it that way. You have to open the seam through a long distance and taper the amount of material that you're taking in so that it comes out nice and smooth. Well, a tummy tuck's basically the same thing. You can't take a, a pinch of skin below the belly button in a narrow area and have it come out smooth because you'll end up with these little darts on both sides that we call dog ears. And those dog ears are little triangular pooches of skin that stick out because they haven't been tailored and made very smooth. So if you're taking out a good amount of skin, you're going to have to lengthen the incision so you don't have dog ears and everything lays down nice and flat. So the mini part of a tummy tuck does mean a little bit of a shorter scar, but Dr. Tatini is exactly right. 
The scar has to be long enough to make sure the tissue lays nice and flat. And what's mini about that operation is you're not doing the big dissection. You're not doing quite as much tightening of the muscle. And in some cases, you don't really do any tightening of the muscle. Actually, Dr. Tini, talk to us about how you're handling the muscle. If you're thinking about a mini or an extended mini or a full tummy tuck, do you do different things with the muscle? Sure. I take it on a case-by-case basis. Uh, bottom line is if there are some ladies out there that all they have is just excess skin, and then you have them, I pretty much have them lie flat on a um, flat, flat on the exam table, have them do some straight leg raises, and, and much to their surprise, we have them do a little bit of exercise just to um, ascertain their muscles and, and examine how loose their muscles are. There are some ladies that are very fit and have very tight muscles, and therefore we, I don't tighten those patients. All we do is excise the skin. I would say that's maybe about 50% of the time for the mini tummy tucks, that is. The other 50%, I would say, have a little bit of the loosening of the muscles. I talk to the patients about whether this bothers them or not. Again, in plastic surgery, if it doesn't bother them, hands off. If it bothers them, then we talk about tightening up the muscle. And um, and then if it does, typically all you need to do is just uh, just tighten up the muscles below the belly button. In other words, inferior from the belly button down to the pubis. Um, so I basically take it based on exam and what the patient wants. So are you actually cutting into the muscle then, or is it going to be above the muscle? Yeah, great question. The way we t- typically tighten muscles, and this goes for even the traditional abdominoplasty too, and as uh, Dr. Rubenstein was talking about, you get rectus diastasis, which is just um, widening of the muscles. The muscles are no longer in midline like they once were. Now they're displaced laterally, and so my, the way I do it, and there's a lot of different techniques, but the particular way I do it is that we actually uh, determine exactly where those muscles are, and then there's a there's a very very strong fascial layer that covers these muscles, and we bring that whole fascial layer together with stitches. And so I actually take a big permanent stitch starting near the belly button, and then we run that stitch like a baseball stitch all the way down to the pubis, and it just brings that strong layer I was speaking about together as well as the muscles as well. It's a nice thick layer of tissue that will tighten, that will flatten that particular area of concern. And so after I run that entire, by the way, permanent stitch, then I will also go back a second time and just do basically a lot of smaller interrupted absorbable stitches. So I actually usually go back a second time just to tighten up that area one more time, and that typically gets a really, really nice result. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do a two-layer as well. I do it a little differently. I'm actually doing the interrupteds first and then the, the running, the, the one continuous stitch in the end. Sure. But it doesn't really matter the technique that you use. The point is we're not cutting into the muscle, but we are pulling the muscle together by grabbing that tight tissue that covers the muscle. It's like a wrapping. Think of it as a really thick canvas wrapping around the soft belly of the muscle. And that thick canvas is called fascia. That's what we're taking the stitches into and pulling everything together. And let me tell you, when we tighten muscles, it's bounce a quarter off tight. It really gets it very, like very it hurts. Uh, it, that's what makes the that's what is going to make a little bit of the discomfort afterwards. And that's a great point. We're going to talk about that. We're, we're about to take a little uh, bit of a commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about recovery from tummy tucks and some of the other things you might choose to do together with your tummy tuck. Right after these messages, we're going to take a short break here on New Reflections. Your life, your health, your network. 
This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Dr. Chad Tatini, and we're talking about tummy tucks. Now, right before the break, uh, Cherie was asking a question about the muscle repair and saying, hey, doesn't that hurt? And it does. <laughs> it's it's going to hurt. You know, we're putting stitches into that tight layer on top of the muscle, and we're pulling the muscles together, and that's what's going to create soreness. And what my patients tell me is that feels like uh, how you feel after a really hard workout the next day, but you can't straighten out. That's part of the tightness that people experience with tummy tucks. And, you know, after you're done with the tummy tuck, I always tell my patients you're going to go through the evolution of man. You come out and you're kind of hunched over, and then a week later you're a little bit more upright, and uh, a week after that, more so. Really, by two weeks after surgery, you're so upright in most cases that most people won't even know you had a tummy tuck. But in your experience, Dr. Tatini, tell me how, how long do you tell a patient they've got to recover? What's the average recovery for your people? I usually tell them two to three weeks. And I tell them the exact same thing, which is you're going to be kind of hunched over when you're walking, sitting, if you will. And I find that usually two weeks is when they're standing upright. But still, even though they're standing upright, obviously, they're still on a lot of restrictions. And I usually tell them count on a good three weeks of kind of being down and out in terms of work activities as well as projects and heavy work around the house. So three so weeks. Are you having them, so are you having them take two weeks off from work? Not necessarily. It really depends, obviously, what they do for a living. Um, a lot of the ladies that uh, I tend to work on uh, work in the um, – uh, we have a big insurance in, uh, industry up here and uh, a lot of white-collar jobs, office jobs, and a lot of people work in the office, and they can, they can go back to work, I find, in about 7 to 10 days. Um, so after about 7 to 10 days, they slowly go back to work. They watch, obviously, what they lift. I put them on 5-pound weight restrictions for a good 2 to 3 weeks. 
they tend to just tell patients that they had abdominal surgery, and that's why they're kind of walking like that. And uh, they are also kind of watching how they sit as well and get up with frequent walks. But I do have a fair amount of ladies, believe it or not, going back in 7 to 10 days. Yeah, I would agree. I think I tell my patients they should definitely be taking a week off. But for desk jobs, I think it's a reasonable thing. Now, I've had a lot of patients that have very physical jobs. And they're really looking at, I think you're right, more at two or three weeks. Now, you mentioned ladies. How many of your patients are men? I would say about 2 to 4% in terms of the, the procedure we're talking about, um, in terms of abdominal procedures. Um, but uh, for all comers, I would say about 5% of my cosmetic patients are men. I've seen a little bit higher percentage, but they certainly are a minority. And it, it's still, it, it's fair to say that tummy tucks are something that men will come in and want to have done. You know, men will gain weight, lose weight and have some hanging skin that way. And it's not uncommon for a, a man to come in looking for a tummy tuck. But more often than not, men are really more interested in liposuction than they are tummy tucks. And that brings us to this point. When you're looking at someone who's got a little excess fat and they want liposuction, but they really need a tummy tuck, how, how are you counseling folks? I mean, what's your thought process? And, either staging procedures, doing them together. What do you think about that? I think that's uh, just an absolutely great question because I, I don't know how many ladies come in stating that they want liposuction of their abdomen. I think that's something that's kind of a buzzword, and that's what they come in wanting. And then when we do the exam, they actually need something different. And uh, to answer your question, basically it comes down to skin quality as well as those muscles we keep talking about. Bottom line is if the lady has excess skin or if her skin has been stretched like you were mentioning before with rapid weight fluctuation or pregnancies, if you will, that skin has been stretched beyond a capacity of, uh, of, re of returning back to its normal state. So the way liposuction works is that you reduce the fat underneath the skin. We need that skin to contract in order to get the appropriate result. Now, if that skin is damaged, like I was just mentioning, that skin won't contract. And so those are not the patients that are appropriate candidates for liposuction. So basically, if their skin has been damaged, if there's stretch marks, if there's extra skin, now we're thinking more of an excisional procedure, cutting out the skin, if you will. And then in addition to that, finally, if they also have the loose muscles, the, uh, the, the bulge down in the area, that obviously will not be corrected with liposuction as well. And then I slowly cater them into a discussion of uh, either a mini or a formal abdominoplasty. Now, when you're, when you're thinking about liposuction versus tummy tuck, do you ever have patients come in, because I get this in my office all the time, patients come in and they've got a little bit of loose skin and they say, well, I don't want to have a tummy tuck because I really don't want to have the scar. I want smart lipo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You ever get that? You get that request pretty yes. often. Yes, absolutely, and and a plethora of other types of lipos that's out on the market. Um, uh, bottom line is to uh, to gloss that subject. I've kind of been altering my my abdominoplasty technique to incorporate a little bit of more liposuction, and maybe that's where you're going with with the question. Is uh, so what I have been doing is that if you if you do your traditional tummy tuck, oftentimes there's a, there's a chance that you're going to disrupt a lot of the blood supply. And if you're disrupting a lot of the blood supply, you don't want to be too aggressive with your liposuction uh, typically. So uh, what I have been doing is I've been, to not get too technical, I've been altering my dissection in order to incorporate more liposuction 
which will debulk areas that you normally couldn't really get with a tummy tuck. Right. Well, that's that, what you're talking about is a technique that's actually uh, made popular by a doctor in Brazil. It's called lipoabdominoplasty. And what Dr. Tatini is, is describing is a technique where you do lots of liposuction in the abdomen. And by doing that, you're making the attachments of the skin down onto the muscle a little bit looser. Because as you remove the fat, you're loosening things. And you don't have to necessarily cut the attachments of the skin down to the muscle because you've loosened them enough to where they're kind of able to slide and you can pull them down and make them tight without having to cut those attachments. So theoretically, it's a little bit safer for the skin uh, by not cutting some of the blood supply that's coming up into the skin. That's the idea behind lipoabdominoplasty, and it's a nice technique. It'll be interesting to contrast that with Dr. Beck's technique when we get him on the show in just a little while. But actually, where I was going with the smart lipo is I get folks in my office that come in and they have this idea that smart lipo and the other laser liposuctions are going to tighten their skin so they won't need a tummy tuck. What do you think of that? Um, I just don't think that's I don't think that's going to give the patients the results, and I tell them quite quite honestly. Um, it, it's going, I mean, it, basically if the skin is damaged enough, there's no technology out there that I know of, or at least in my hands, I tell them, that can actually reverse and appropriately tighten the skin to make you feel confident in your body once again. In other words, I show them photos of all my prior patients, and they say, this is what I want, this is what I want. Well, if that's what you want, I don't see anything in technology in terms of liposuction and various other, even non-surgical modalities, if you will, that can actually tighten up the skin. And I'm very honest with them. I tell them, at least in my hands. I mean, I'd be curious to know, Dr. Rubenstein or any other physician, plastic surgeons, if they, if they feel that they could do that. But at least up here in central Illinois, I don't think so. Well, can I you can do tell both? You. Can you do a tummy tuck and liposuction at the same time? Oh, yeah, sure. That's what we're discussing. You can do it. That's in fact, what I thought. That. The okay. lipoabdominoplasty technique, that's, that's a technique where you're relying on the liposuction as part of the tummy tuck. So they're commonly combined. Well, if you have lipo, if you're actually getting the lipo, this is something else that I'm curious about. If you're having the combination, um, can you take that fat and put that and in, inject that into the face where you have uh, fat loss in your face? Yeah, we do, actually. Fat transfer is At a the common same time? thing. Yeah, At yeah. In, in, my, in my office, in my practice, and Dr. Tatini can give his experience, I frequently will take some of the fat out and use it, and we use it in the butt, we can use it in the face, we can use it in the breast, it can be used anywhere, and that's a pretty common thing, at least down here in Miami, we have, we call it the J-Lo procedure, where we're putting a lot of fat. And, you know, coming up, we're going to do a show on uh, butt augmentation, and we'll talk about the different ways to do it, and we'll talk all about what is commonly called the Brazilian butt lift, which is that fat transfer technique. But where I was going with the, the smart lipo is that people think that by having that laser liposuction, it's going to tighten skin, and it's going to tighten it so much that they won't need a tummy tuck. And I think Dr. Tatini is exactly right. I don't believe that there's any uh, significant tightening of skin to the point that's going to correct someone who really needs a tummy tuck. Now, I do occasionally see patients in my office that have been to other places to have things done, and they're disappointed, and they find their way into my office after they've had a procedure or two. And I look at them, and a lot of the time, it's because the wrong procedure was done. People have this idea that by getting smart lipo, which is uh, advertised as skin tightening, as well as removing a fat, is somehow magically going to make their sagging skin so tight it won't sag anymore. 
And they, they buy into that, and there are places out there that are these liposuction clinics that will promote that idea. So, oh, yeah, you're going to get some skin tightening, and we'll get rid of the extra fat. It's going to be great. Well, you know what? It's not that great. If you need a tummy tuck, you ought to go get a tummy tuck. And the problem is uh, people are vulnerable, and they, they want to believe that they can have a smaller procedure and be happy. And maybe sometimes it's adequate for a patient that's willing to accept some loose, sagging skin, albeit with less fat afterwards. But most people that need a tummy tuck are going to be pretty disappointed if all they have is just liposuction, even if it's laser liposuction, like, like smart lipo. Now, talking about combinations, Dr. Tatini, how often are you doing liposuction with your tummy tucks? I am doing liposuction with my tummy tucks approximately 99% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that there's almost always some need for it. And in my practice, I wouldn't say it's quite that prevalent, but probably about 75 or 80% of the time we're mm -hmm. doing some kind of liposuction. Now, what about other procedures? How often do you do breast surgery in combination with the tummy tuck? Quite frequently. Uh, that's probably my most common where... Um, uh, the classic mommy makeover, doing breast augmentations with the with the tummy tuck or breast lifts uh, with the tummy tucks, or just what I did Friday, uh, breast reduction with the tummy tuck. Um, that's quite frequently. Um, probably the second most common is doing tummy tucks with gynecologic procedures, such as uh, removal of an ovary, uh, such as removal of the uterus at the same time. That would probably be my second most common uh, combination procedure, and perhaps the third would be doing the tummy tuck in combination with the general surgeon doing some sort of hernia repair. Yeah, I would agree. Those are all very common things. And, you know, one thing that we should mention, people that are listening to the show, if you need to have a hysterectomy or an ovoforectomy where they're removing uh, an ovary, any kind of gynecologic procedure, even a tubal ligation. Uh, you know, I've done combination procedures with gynecologists uh, frequently that have been all of the above. If you're thinking about having that done, you have to have it done for health reasons, and you've ever had a desire to have a tummy tuck, you might want to think about having those things done at the same time. It will save you a trip to the operating room. It's going to be one recovery period. It'll probably save you a little bit of money because you can work simultaneously and the insurance will help covers some of the cost because the time is being used for two different things at the same time. And really, the biggest benefit in my eyes is that you're going to take what is an unfortunate and unpleasant experience and turn it into something that's positive. Where if you're having to have a hysterectomy, that's obviously a difficult decision for a woman and it's a big transition. But if you combine that with a tummy tuck, well, now you're, you're going to get some benefit out of the procedure that, that you'll enjoy. And it makes it into a potentially a positive experience for you. I think most of my patients that have been through this process, just about all of them, I would think, have had really positive experiences and turned it around to make it something that really wasn't so bad. And I think they would all agree that it's something that's worth doing. Uh, what, what do you think about that? Dr. Yeah, absolutely. I would, uh, to be quite honest, um, I'm surprised it's not much more. I'm surprised it's not more common than what it is. Um, for all the reasons that you mentioned, uh, bottom line is we've got you know, great relationships with the, the um, OBGYNs in our, in our community here, and I think uh, it's important for the uh, OBGYNs to, to know that this is a perfect time for all those advantages that you mentioned, and I think it's important for them to at least 
throw the option out, perhaps more than what they are, what they are doing to the patients. And I think it's important to have shows such as this to also let the patients know that the, this is just an absolutely perfect time to do doing so. Primarily because you know because of the downtime, and you're going to be kind of in pain down in that area anyway, and the expense and all those things that you mentioned. I think it's uh, we, we as plastic surgeons also need to basically uh, propagate that idea to to uh, communities. Oh. Yeah, I, I think it's not something that everyone thinks about, but you know, if you're listening to the show and you're, you're having to have any of these procedures, give it some thought. If you ever wanted to have any kind of aesthetic procedure done, it's, it's a good time to do it in combination and give yourself a happy outcome for something that might be an unfortunate circumstance for you to begin with. Uh, Dr. Tatini, I know you've got to go. I'm so grateful for you staying with us this long. Thanks so much for joining the show. If, if you live in the Bloomington, Illinois area and you need to have procedures done, you may want to look up Dr. Chad Tatini. I would recommend giving him a call. He's a very good guy, board-certified plastic surgeon, and obviously, if you've been listening to the show, he knows what he's talking about. Dr. Well, Tatini, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Rubenstein. I had a great time, and have a great rest of the show. Oh, thanks a lot. Actually, we're going to go to a commercial break right now. When we come back, uh, we're going to continue our discussion about tummy tucks right here on New Reflection. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you know if kidney disease is affecting you? Are your kidneys healthy? You may have kidney disease and not even be aware of it. 26 million people have been affected by kidney disease. Teenagers today are being diagnosed with symptoms such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. These conditions can worsen kidney health and cause kidney disease. Be sure to tune in to improve your kidney health with your host, Dr. Rich Snyder, every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The information you get on this program could help save your life. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Well, welcome back to New Reflections. I'm Dr. Adam Rufenstein, and I'm here with Cherie Wagner. We were just talking with Dr. Chad Tatini, and we're talking about tummy tucks. Now, we were just getting into the combination procedures, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that we're, while we wait for Dr. Beck to join us. Uh, combination procedures can include lots of different things. We were talking about gynecologic procedures, like having a hysterectomy or a tubal ligation, and that's pretty common. But we mentioned hernias. Now, hernias are something that we frequently combine the surgery with. And one of the big benefits is that in the end, you're not going to have a scar from your hernia repair. If you just have a hernia repair, they've got to cut through the skin, and that creates a scar in the area of the hernia. 
Uh, hernias are those weaknesses where you have stuff from the inside pooching out and creating a little bump somewhere. They're often around the belly button, sometimes in other parts of the middle of your tummy, and they can occur in other areas of the tummy as well. If you've ever had surgery before, well, you can get hernias from the previous procedures that you've had done. And if you have these hernias, having a tummy tuck at the same time can actually save you scarring. And here's why. When we make the incision for the tummy tuck, it's down really low along the panty line. When I design my incision, I actually have my patients bring their panties with them. And we design the incision to be inside the panty line. That incision will be hidden afterwards. When we're done with surgery and everyone's healed, when you're wearing panties or a bikini bottom, it's covering the scar. So you can't see the scar and it's very discreet. Is it going to raise the pubic hairline? Well, there's a good thought. It, it, it will, depending upon how you design it, and frequently we're trying to do that. Because remember, a lot of folks that have this procedure have lost a lot of weight, whether it was losing weight from pregnancy or they're losing weight from having gained it and lost it. That includes stretching out the skin of the lower tummy and the pubic area. And a lot of times, women and men will have hanging skin in the pubic area as well. So you, a lot of people have a little fold in the lower tummy, and then there's looseness of the skin and some hanging skin in the pubic area that's separate from that. Now, the hanging skin of the lower tummy wants to be taken out with downward motion, but the hanging skin of the pubic area really wants to be lifted because the whole thing sags, and by lifting it, you resuspend everything. So when I design the incision for someone who has a little bit of that pubic sagging, we're lifting up the skin and I'm marking the incision so that it's going to sit smooth when we're done. So yes, we do actually lift the pubic hair when it's necessary. And that's, mm -hmm. that's sometimes a great improvement for, in fact, sometimes, sometimes that's the thing that they like <laughs> the most out of the whole operation and they know they're going to get flat tummies, but it's sort of a bonus plan when they come in and the sagging skin in the pubic area gets lifted and now it's smooth and looks youthful and not saggy. So, that do you, is a do you typically do you typically put staples or sutures? How, what what do you? Oh, uh, I'm a I'm a plastic surgeon. Staple is a four letter <laughs> word. No, we don't like to okay. use staples. I mean, staples <laughs> I use for temporary things or occasionally in areas where there's hair growing to help hold things together. We won't see the scars, but I would never use a staple on the skin and leave it there. Uh, the staples can leave little dots, little marks in the skin, and it's something that sutures, you know, stitches will not do. So I don't use staples in that area. When we sew things, actually, when I sew things closed, and I think most surgeons would agree with me, most plastic surgeons would agree with me, when I sew it closed, almost 90% or 95% of the stitches that I use are on the inside. Everything is hidden underneath the skin. I have a couple little tiny stitches that I might put on the outside to make it just perfect for the closure. But the security of the closure, the tightness, is always going to be from the inside. And that's where we really get the closing. Is there, yeah. is there anything that you can do to help the scar heal thin and not have that color? Well, the color really depends upon the color of the patient's skin. If the patient has, uh, has dark skin to begin with, well, there will be a little bit of a risk to end up having some of that pigmented scar, and okay. you, while there are things you can do, there are medications you can use, and uh, I like to use silicone tape on all of my incisions as they heal. I find that that helps them heal smooth and flat. 
there isn't a whole lot that you can do to prevent the pigmentation from coming if that's the, what the patient's skin wants to do. There are medications that you can put on there to try and limit it, but right. they don't always work 100% of the time. So that's why you see a lot of folks that have kind of brown uh, pigmented scars in that area because they, usually they have a little bit of darker skin to begin with. So if you get a tummy tuck, are you actually losing weight or do you have to have the combination liposuction? Uh, well, it, it depends on the patient. I mean, if the patient comes in and they're just so obese uh, uh -huh. that they're really not safe to have surgery, um, well, you you can't really do the operation. And so you, if, would you ask them to lose weight then before? Oh yeah, the sure. Operation? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So you can't go out and eat a bunch of cheeseburgers before and think it's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, and actually, that's uh, you know, I know you and I were talking at the break about this. There right. are patients that uh, once they decide they're going to have a tummy tuck and they figure, okay, I'm having a tummy tuck and I'm going to get some lipo, and they throw caution to the wind. They figure, ah, what the hell? I'm going to go and get some <laughs> King. You know, I don't mean to pick on Burger King, but you know, going to go have. Some fast right, food, some anything food, that's unhealthy. Yeah, just stack it up and and uh, and and just let let themselves go because they figure, you know, what the hell? I'm going to be on on the operating table and get everything fixed anyway. So I may as well right. enjoy it for now. Uh, a, not a real healthy choice. So not a good idea to do at any time. But B, you probably don't want to be having loads of fatty foods and, and stacking on more fat right before you have this procedure. It's just generally not good for your health and not so then, good. To so then what would you suggest? What would you suggest to do to prepare for the uh, tummy tuck or the lipo combination? Uh, well, you mean in terms of nutrition? Yeah, just anything. Like what would you suggest to somebody if their mindset is that they can do whatever they want before? What do you suggest for them to do to prepare for it oh, to have well, the best just, results? You know, in, in the office when someone comes for their preoperative visit, we have – a whole packet of information that we give them. And in that packet is included a number of things that they should and shouldn't eat. There's really more things that you should avoid than there are things you should try and eat. I and mean, just eating generally healthy choices is a good idea. Having plenty of protein. Uh, I just had this discussion with a patient yesterday who was telling me, actually a male patient, who was telling me that he doesn't really eat a whole lot of protein. He eats more of uh, vegetables and eats very light. And, you know, I had this discussion with him, explained to him, look, you don't have protein, you're not going to be able to heal your wounds. So you have to have a good amount of protein and just make good choices in how you're going to eat so you can heal properly. But more importantly, there are things that you should avoid. And those things to avoid are more medications than they are foods, although there's oh, lots of foods okay. on our list. The foods that you should avoid really just need to be avoided in tremendous amounts. I think, if I remember correctly, I think even onions and garlic are on the list somewhere of things that you should try Is and avoid. It thins your blood? Yeah, some of them have been shown to maybe okay. thin the blood a little bit. But, you know, you've got to be taking, you know, five garlic pills a day to have that effect for most people. So just can, use common sense, I guess. Can you work out before? I mean, can you do your regular routine and working out, or are you supposed to wait and hold off on that before your surgery? That's another question we get a lot. You know, I, I think if you have a healthy lifestyle and you're working out and keeping in good shape, I would continue. I would just keep doing your normal routine. What I wouldn't recommend, though, and while we talked about some people going off the deep end and saying, you know, what the hell, I'm going to get it all fixed anyway, there are people that go the opposite way. Now they're making an investment in their bodies and in their, in their appearance, and they want to jumpstart the whole process. They figure, well, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to get into shape. And that may not be such a great idea. If you're not 
used to working out. You don't normally do exercise on a regular basis. If you want to start getting into better shape, I would limit yourself to cardio exercise, just good aerobic exercise, and don't overdo it, especially right before an operation. Because I did have a patient once, I remember distinctly, uh, again, it was a male patient, he was coming for a facelift, and he went, he figured, all right, I'm going to get my face fixed up, I want to get my body in shape, and he went to work out like crazy, and of course came in with Charlie horses all over his body, he's sore everywhere, oh, so he, no. was, he was miserable in his recovery for that couple of weeks. I mean, really more so because he worked out so hard than anything having to do with surgery. Oh, no. Particularly, you know, when you're going to have an operation on your midsection, on your tummy, we're going to be creating some discomfort in that area with the procedure. You don't want to add to it by jumping into an exercise program and going, you know, wild in the gym when you haven't been in there in many years. Take things slow, do some good aerobic exercise, some good cardio, and when it's time for your operation, after you're healed, then you can maintain with a, a good exercise program and work your way up. But you don't want to jump in head first and then show up to surgery sore everywhere and, <laughs> and have me make it even worse, you know? Yeah. Are you going to have, like, after your surgery, how much swelling do you have? Swelling's not too bad. You know, there is swelling, and the interesting thing is that it settles with gravity. The, you know, you're upright. You're, you're walking around most of the time all day long. And so your head is above your belly and your belly is above your legs. And everything goes downward with gravity. What you'll see with a tummy tuck is that the top of your tummy near your breasts or near your ribs is going to get flatter first. And then as things settle down and they, they kind of move their way down your tummy, the last place to normalize is going to be the part from your belly button down, the part right above your pubic area, because that's the lowest part of the belly, and it takes the longest to drain with the swelling. And that's one of the areas we see that takes the longest to recover. So it really has to do with the gravity and having the swelling go away with gravity. The, uh, the swelling isn't so bad, but it is there, and it does take a little while for everything to get soft and flat again. What about what about that uh, swell hell that I keep hearing about? Swell you, hell. Yeah, I mean, I've heard about it a million times when I talk with my girlfriends. I haven't heard about this. You know, I, I, hold on, hold that thought. We have okay. to take a commercial break. This is a new one for me. I want to hear about swell hell. <laughs> uh, okay. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to hear about swell hell, and then we're going to talk about Dr. Beck's new procedure for reducing the fat with a tummy tuck right after these messages here on New Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. If you need a coronary bypass procedure, you probably want someone you trust and not the biggest bargain in town. You might get more than you bargained for. This is your face and body we're talking about. 
Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust, and you can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation in a multilingual office. That's 305-792-7575. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard and the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to New Reflections. We are talking about tummy tucks, and actually, now we're talking about swell hell. Uh, <laughs> Sherry brought this up, and I, I've just been looking into it in the break. Apparently, swell hell is one of those terms that uh, patients will use to describe the swelling and the edema that happens after a tummy tuck, and it it's really... Uh, just a, a way to describe the amount of swelling. And a swelling, it's funny you call it swell hell, because usually the swelling isn't so bad, <laughs> but it can, you can have a bunch of swelling, and it just takes time for it to go down. And there are certain things that will help with it getting better. And it, 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 two main things, or I say three main things. We talk about eating properly. You want to watch how much salt you're eating after surgery, because salt's going to help you retain fluids, and when you're swollen, you're trying to get rid of them. So you want to try and keep a fairly low-salt diet. Another thing that we do is use an abdominal binder or something to compress oh. the stomach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How you know, long do you here, have to wear that? Well, yeah. I usually have folks wear it for two to three weeks. depends on how their healing's going. And actually, patients like wearing it because it gives them some support. It helps with the soreness of the muscles as well. So, in fact, a lot of times when I tell them, well, you don't need to use this anymore, they look at me and ask, well, can I if I want to? Because it feels better to have a little something pressing on your tummy while you're getting better. How so big you, is it? Like oh, how? It's a, little, it's a wrap. It goes around, you know, basically your ribs to your 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 groin, and it wraps around your tummy. So your whole midsection is getting compressed with a, a Velcro closing wrap. And it's bad. It's not bad. It really, and I, like I said, most patients actually like having it on, and mm-hmm. it does help with a little bit of gentle pressure to help get rid of that edema or the swelling that we're talking about. And, you know, besides the diet and compression, staying active. One thing you don't want to do after a tummy tuck is just languish in bed all day. Because it, you're, number one, it's not healthy. You can develop clots. It can be life-threatening if you do that. You want to get up and move around. You want to pump your legs and, and do some walking. Get out and, and have some activity. The more activity point? you have. Well, you know, if it's comfortable to do, you can do it. I wouldn't go run a marathon, but you can get out and take a walk around the block. You know, that that's going to be good. And I, well, I usually encourage patients, after about a week, you can get out and take a walk around a mall. You know, get out and do something. 
don't sit around at home all day. Sitting around watching TV, number one, is going to cause brain rot. Number two is not good for your recovery. Because if you're just sitting around, you're not getting mobile. You're not getting your blood pumping, pumping the muscles, getting your lymphatics moving. All of that is, uh, is, is a problem. You know, you really want to make sure that we get everything uh, moving and, and help the swelling. I just got word that Dr. Beck, who was delayed with, uh, with uh, an emergency, is now here with us, and we're happy to have him. I want to welcome Dr. Joel Beck to New Reflections. Dr. Beck, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I really wanted to get you on the show because you have a technique that you've described for tummy tucks that's different from the traditional way of doing things. So typically, we're doing liposuction to remove the excess fat in a tummy tuck, but you're doing something different. You're actually removing it directly. Right, right. So this was a technique that uh, uh, that's been used by various surgeons around the country, but officially kind of described by uh, my partner and I. And it's just a resection of fat directly, uh, rather than using any type of liposuction, which you know seems to be very accurate. It was nice results, and uh, the patient's safety is still there. So it's worked out really well for us. Now you're you're taking the deep fat out while you're doing this. So with the a tummy tuck, uh, there's two different layers of fat in the abdominal skin and fat. There's a, a superficial layer which is close to the skin surface, and then there's a deep layer which is um, which that's the fat that we remove. And there's a distinct uh, division between that that we. Uh, uh, use as a way to know how much fat we can remove. Huh. So you're, you're uh, basically that layer that you're talking about, as surgeons we call that scarpa's fascia, and that's the division between the superficial and, and the deeper fat that really nobody would ever know about it unless you were doing operations on the tummy. But that exists there, and you're using that as your limit. So you're taking just the deep fat, the kind of stuff that most people will be doing with liposuction, and you're actually just cutting it out. That's right. And so that allows you to, I guess keep things maybe smoother than liposuction might be able to achieve by, by seeing directly what you're taking out. Yeah, I think it, it works out really well because if you, at least in my hands and in many other abdominal plasties that I have seen previously, when you try to combine abdominal plasty with the liposuction, it may not be, you, you, it, it limits the amount of skin that you can remove and then you, uh, as a result, can't make the tummy tuck as tight as uh, a patient may may wish that it was. So, because you have, uh, I guess, presumably better blood supply to the remaining skin, because you've got all that stuff underneath it helping keep it alive, you feel like you can make your tummy tucks tighter that way? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty neat. How long have you been doing this procedure? Uh, it's been, well, I've been doing it for about eight years. Uh, my senior partner has been doing it for many years beyond that. So, uh, so it's a tried and proven technique. I mean, we, we had a series of 181 people that we included in a study that we submitted to the Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal, which describes the technique to, and I just gave a presentation at the aesthetic meeting in Boston, and it all describes exactly what we do and uh, the and compares the complication rates to you know other type of tummy tucks and and it's 
the rates are very similar, and the results, you know, we feel are superior. So, you know, it's a way that, at least something to think about if you're a plastic surgeon. Um, and uh, for a patient, you know, the end result is a, is a tight, smooth, uh, more even-appearing type of tummy tuck. That's pretty exciting, man. That's uh, a neat idea, and I think something that, that patients may ask their surgeons if they're offering that. And I, I've done uh, an operation that's similar to that. I do really more for sculpting, where I've removed the central strip in the upper tummy, taking out these, the deep fat by cutting it out between the belly button and the ribs in a straight line to create a nice groove in the tummy, you know, sort of an artificial cut that makes them look mm -hmm. like they're... There must be. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and that works out real well. I've really never had any issues with that, so I can see why shaving out the, the fat would work well. Let me ask you, what about combining your procedure with other things? Does it take any longer to do than the traditional tummy tuck? No, it doesn't take any longer to do. So, you know, it's pretty routine to combine that with uh, a breast augmentation or maybe a breast lift, you know, the mommy uh, makeover type of, uh, exactly. You know, requested uh, procedures. So, you know, it, that, we that's what we've been doing. That's exactly what we've been doing with uh, with this show and what we've done over the years. You know, talking about mommy makeovers and combining it with hernia repairs, with uh, gynecologic procedures. I guess there's really no limit to this procedure, just like there isn't with regular tummy tucks. Now, what about numbness? Have you seen any extra numbness with this, or is it pretty much the same as regular tummy tuck? Same thing. Same as yeah. regular tummy tuck. Yeah, and the numbness, uh, Cherie was asking about this a little earlier, the numbness on, a, on the tummy tuck will go away usually within a few weeks after surgery, certainly within a few months. Now, there may be some patients that have lasting numbness, particularly in the lowest part of the tummy, for up to a year in some cases, but in almost all cases, the sensation does come back. We're really, we're running out of time, and I'm sorry we, uh, we, were, we had only limited access to Dr. Beck. I'd love to have him on and again, and we can talk more about his technique and his thoughts on tummy tucks. But we're at the end of the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. This has been New Reflections talking about tummy tucks. Next week, we're going to continue in talking about mommy makeovers. The show is going to be called Going Up, Restless and Augmentations. Join us next week. Thank you, Dr. Rubin. New Reflections. Thank you. you stayed informed and entertained today on New Reflections. Please join your host, Dr. Adam Rubenstein, again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You can also email the doctor at info at dr-rubenstein.com or visit his website at www.dr-rubenstein.com. And don't forget to join us next Saturday for New Reflections on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a beautiful weekend.